Uh, I thought it was a pretty special performance by the team. Uh, one of the hardest things in sport is to back up um, a scoreboard uh, dominant win, which we got in the first test. Not so much our performance wasn't that great, but we, we managed to scoreboard well in the first test. But tonight we had to come back out and earn it again, and <clears throat> you know we had to work hard. Australia, I thought, played well in patches, and um, you know the boys uh, got better and better as the night went on. I think we scored six tries off the top of my head. Um, three of those were off set piece, three off the line out. So um, that was an area that we wanted to get better at. Foz and his group worked hard on that, and you know we got the rewards for that hard work. Um, and you know Bowden's a special player. We know that uh, he's been the World Player of the Year for the last two years. Um, and I understand everyone getting excited about Richie Mwanga because we're excited about him. He's an outstanding young man and an outstanding young player and going to be great uh, as the years go by, but um, you can't buy experience and you can't buy um, you know, moments in the middle and, and Bowden's had those and we saw the, what happens when they all click together like tonight. Steve, you touched on it before, but you, do you think tonight was an improvement on last week's performance from Sydney? Sorry? Do you think that was a, an improvement on... Yeah, I do, yep, yep. Yeah, we couldn't, uh, we couldn't get our set-piece um, flow going last week, and this week we certainly did, so uh, we hurt them a little bit there at times. There's a bit of trouble at scrum time, especially late in the first half. What do you put that down to? Oh, two good scrums. I mean... Um, you know, I think both teams got penalised a bit in the end. I think it would have been even, but <clears throat> you know, it, it, scrummaging is difficult. If you got someone who hinges or someone who loses their footing, they're going to fall over. So then it becomes a 50-50 decision, and the referees are put under pressure to make decisions. And you know, so you just got to live what comes. And you know, we got to work harder to stay up. And uh, but I think in the end, you know, we started to get on top of them a little bit at scrum time. We see the magic moments from Bowden, but what are the subtleties in his game that you really like that make him so good? Well, look, I think you know. I think for me, it's the um, the stuff he's doing off the park in the leadership and in the preparation. Like he he makes some stuff look easy, and it makes it look like he's making it up as he goes along. But he he works really hard with the guys around him during the week to 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 think about when the opportunities are going to be. So. You know, there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes, and, and, and he's a very hard worker. And, and I think on the park, he, you know, we're just playing around with trying to get him into some spots that are a little bit different for a team. And, and the reason you can do that is he's quick, and so pace is still one of his key assets. That ability to strike off turnover ball, how easy is that to perfect? Because it, it looks beautiful at the moment. Yeah, well, I think they're making up some of that stuff all by themselves. You know, like it's a, there's just a, a great hunger with the team in this game and I think the mindset that the team's had to, to go out and attack means that any sort of scraps we got like that the, we're, we're able to switch pretty quickly into a, an attacking mode and and then it's a matter about not trying to get too structured with it but just let the guys make some decisions what's in front of them and, and at the moment that's going pretty good I mean it wasn't as good as it needed to be in the French series but it's getting better this series If I could be Mike I'll have my last question Karen, you talked about targeting the breakdown this week and you guys really hit Pocock hard today. Do you feel like that worked pretty well? Yeah, I think it was a reflection, I guess, of what Steve talked about, is that we did win uh, more of the game line for our strike and, and we're running onto the ball. So as soon as our ball carry is a bit more effective, 
um, allows us to go forward and try and get some quick ball. You know, he's a world-class player and he probably would have won a couple of turnovers tonight as well, but uh, overall I felt that, you know, you've got to um, work hard to get rid of him and the sooner you can do it, the easier it is because once he's in a great position, it's uh, near on impossible to move him. So, yeah, it's um, a step up. I think that's the biggest thing about it is that, you know, it allowed us to create some quick ball and, and um, really off our set-piece strikes and um, the next phase, it kind of really helped us. Steve, you uh, introduced two new faces this week. Um, I just wonder if I could get your um, um, summation of the performances of Nani and Geordie, and, and also just on the back of that, uh, Ben Smith, who you moved on to the right wing, uh, just what you thought of his performance. Yeah, I thought all three of them played well, so in short. Um, but <coughs> you know, Nani's a quality player, and you know, for him it was unfortunate that he didn't get named in the original group, but came in his cover for Sonny and you know it wasn't a question of him not being uh, good enough it was just you know the question was that we had too many or the issue was we had too many so um, we didn't have any hesitation in playing him this weekend particularly with Albie and, and uh, Jack both having big minutes last week and and when you looked at their GPS both of them had a lot of mileage to run and had played a you know massive game and hence why we we sub Jack tonight um, for Albie. Um, <coughs> Geordie was good. Uh, again, uh, you know, he's, he's a very, very talented young footballer and you know, we just want to take our time with him and, and every day he's getting better and better and he gets to understand his game better. And You, know, you look at someone like Damien, who's a similar type player. You know, we jack in the box, not as big, but you know, they're, they're, they seem to be everywhere and they're busy and you've just got to sometimes slow them down and get them to understand what's happening, how to become a good professional, how to prepare to be able to play in, the, in a test arena. And uh, Geordie did well this week. Uh, he can be really proud of himself. And Bender's starting to find his straps. And, you know, he's, he's great under the high ball, isn't he? You know, if we kick the ball and he chases it, he normally catches it. So, um, and, and he's the wise head in the, in the back three. He's been around a long time and he settles the other guys down and... He's a great leader, so um, we're very fortunate <coughs> to have him. Uh, yes, Steve, the, um, the margin could have been uh, 14 points more. Do you mentally count the missed tries, the tries that could have been, <laughs> in, part of, is, is, in, in your thinking? Uh, not really. I mean, if you just started doing that, you have to count all the ones they missed too. So, um, yeah, it's just another example of... of uh, People seeing things that not necessarily need to be seen, and you know, I, I spoke to Artie and said, "Look, did you actually even touch the ball that they said you knock on?" He said, "I didn't even touch it." Um, and the other one, uh, I thought it was four, so I think they got that one right, and that's what the system's about. But you know, in a game like tonight, it, it didn't cost anybody anything, <coughs> other than maybe Bowden getting five tries rather than four. So I think he'll sleep okay. <laughs> Steve, can you talk us through how you make the decision about where you play Ben Smith because he's as effective as a right wing as he is a full back there's a lot of people that love telling you that you should just leave him at full back and stop messing around with him can you talk us through the way you break down how you utilise that guy um, well first and foremost um, the three selectors pick him to play where he plays so when he goes good I can't take all the credit by myself and um, 
But he, he, he plays in what we call the back three, and the skill set we think is very similar. Um, so using him uh, really depends on what um, strategies we want to use and what we think the opposition might use too. Um, but we're growing the capability of the other people we've got as well. Uh, you know, Geordie's an example of that. Uh, Nihi, Milner um, Scudder, you know, he's had a couple of games and he'll come back shortly too. And, and and then you think about Rico will come back. So we've got some real quality players that we can use. So having someone like Bender, excuse me, with a little bit of flexibility to be able to play both and not really miss a beat, because his mindset, he doesn't care where he plays. You know, which I think is a, a wonderful start. It allows him to go out there with a, a really open mind to just want to play. And I think he deserves all the credit in the world for having that because that, you know, he he just goes on the park and if I'm on the wing, I play on the wing. If I'm at fullback, um, he's probably more comfortable at fullback, but he's just a quality player and a, and a quality team man. It, it just doesn't seem to bother him. So, um, you know, between all of us, we will make a decision, and he gets on with it, and makes us all look good for making a decision, which really isn't that hard to make. Kieran, uh, we just had Michael Checker in here regretting his players didn't identify things like basic overlaps and things like that. From what you saw in the field, were they just making poor decisions at times, or do you think there was an intent to just sort of attack those middle channels and just stay there? Um, look, I'll probably have to have a look at the game to figure out, you know, um, where the space was, I guess. But, mm. look, they did carry pretty strongly. I think their intent was to try and go through us. Um, their forwards really carried through the middle. Um, and they did attack with the you know, inside balls through Foley and Beal and, and that. So probably potentially where they, you know, scouted to try and attack us. So felt we defensively, um, you know, stepped up from last week, which is what we want. Um, but yeah, I can't say for what you know for what they had. Steve, you talk about your options. Uh, looking ahead to Argentina, is this an opportunity to maybe use some of your wider squad members? Um, you know, what what are you sort of looking ahead to uh, for the next series? Well, I'm looking ahead to uh, walking out of here and having a couple of beers and, and enjoying the Blues Low Cup one, um, and then maybe having a day off and uh, forgetting about rugby. Um, but obviously. You know, we've got people we have to develop and, and grow and the Argentinian game um, is not a Bledisloe Cup game so it gives us uh, opportunities to, to muck around um, but not to the point where we're disrespectful to Argentina more to the point in growing the talent that we have and I think that's a big point that people need to understand. Steve, you're opposite Michael Checker's uh, obviously got some questions that are being asked about him and his future. As a fellow international rugby coach, how hard is it to watch a member of that brethren go through some pretty tough times? Questions about he's got three games to go and he could be out. You know, More questions after what happens tonight. As someone of that ilk, what do you think watching someone like that have to deal with it? Well, I think it's part of what happens in sport, isn't it? Like um, You guys and ladies are... Uh, Relentless. Um, you need to sell papers, and it's a great headline. Coach on the border of being sacked, or coach under pressure. And the key thing is that he doesn't lose his own convictions, and the team don't lose sight of what they're trying to do. And 
you know, listening to <clears throat> them talk, it sounds like they, they've got plenty of belief in who they are and what they're trying to do. So um, a, a, as a coach, you can't control what happens. You know, if someone doesn't like what you're doing and the results don't match up, then, you know, that's high-performance sport. You get, you get the chop. Um, and you keep your dignity in, in doing that. But uh, at the same time, I think we could be a little mischievous in the media and, uh, you know, the fans too probably. And, you know, we've got social media now where it's not like the old days where it was just the media. Social media allows everyone to have an opinion and never be judged for it. Um, so they come under, you know, extreme pressure. And I, I guess it's about how well you deal with that and, um, you know, I, personally I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that he does is, is good, um, but like all of us, he, he probably there's some other stuff he'd like to do better, but, you know, he, his team, because they lose to us, doesn't become a poor team. You know, I think uh, we've seen two test matches where we've hurt them at the turnover ball and tonight we managed to hurt them from set-piece play as well, but... It's a pretty special team uh, down in that changing room down there, and I think um, you know when time comes in a few years, you know, five, ten, twenty years, we look back, and uh, it's a special group. So uh, I don't think it's should put a coach under pressure just losing to us. Uh, Steve, the, yeah, the uh, Honourable Prime Minister in his changing rooms, how did they go? What did she say and uh, what did you guys say to, to her? Well, I told her that, well, I didn't actually say it to her, I said to Grant Robinson, I said they should be our biggest sponsors because we're their biggest brand. Uh, and could she find some money to help us compete against the likes of England and France and so we can keep our players? So it wasn't a lot said after that. <laughs> And uh, but it was good. Like it's it's always good to have um, you know your prime minister of your country, and uh, we always used to enjoy it when John came in, and and tonight we enjoyed it, and you know it was a turn of the boys from the Labor Party to enjoy the moment. So um, you know she was very respectful. Um, she knew the guys, um, you know, had to to get changed and all that sort of thing, and it's it's. <laughs> It's tough, I guess, but she was really respectful about that and she mentioned it and I said, look, don't worry about that, they won't get changed. You spend as long as you want to be in here and get to know them. And um, I, I think, uh, you know, if you think about the All Blacks and, and the brand, it's important that we represent New Zealand really well. And um, she leads our country, uh, so we, we, we respect her immensely and um, it's important that she gets to know the people that, that are representing uh, their country in, in a black shirt. And uh, it was nice to see her tonight in the Black Ferns jersey. And, you know, TJ gave her his jersey, so maybe we'll see who wear our one. And, um, you know, I just think it was very respectful and it was good to see her there. Oh, can I ask one thing, Steve? Have the Aussies come in talking about the shirt? Have the Aussies come into the shirt to have a beer with you guys? Or is that well, they're waiting for us to finish, so if you stop asking questions, <laughs> the answer will be yes, Phil. <laughs> You can come too if you like. You've been around long enough to have one with us as well.